don't know, I'll start this one. All right? Go for it. What's up? Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Make the Jump. It's the first episode of the brand new Make the Jump here from the network, and I'm chilling outside with Mr. James Brown. Yo. James, what's up, dude? Not much, man. I like this whole new format thing that we're doing. It's a little bit more laid back. It just came from the uh, Thirsty Moose. We're going to do uh, maybe a little bit of talking about some interesting crap. But uh, I think you had something you wanted to start this one off with. Yeah, no, it, don't mind the noise. We're recording this outside. It's a beautiful day here in Exeter, New Hampshire. So get used to it because there's going to be a lot more chillax and vibes that you're going to be feeling on this. Uh... Outside my work because my boss isn't here. <laughs> it's a good time to be here, right? Yep, it's always a good time to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best time to be here. i got to be here all night tonight and he's not going to be here for any minute of it. Oh, that's beautiful. No, oh, that's... yeah, it's a gorgeous thing. Oh, that's perfect, man. And you know what? Let's talk a little bit about the Sith Lords of Star Wars because, James, you and I are big Star Wars legends, big Knights of the Old Republic, big Darth Revan, you know, so many different Sith Lords that exist in the Star Wars universe. And... Speaking of that, if you yeah. get Knights of the Old Republic for the uh-huh. Xbox One, the the one that comes free with Game Pass right now because they're doing a whole Star Wars kick this month, yeah, it is just as buggy as it was for the PC, so just really? be aware you're going to have to save off, and oh. I, I have had to do the same part in the game over three times, and it's a gigantic pain in the ass. So anyway, speaking of Revan and Malak... Yeah, no, but, <laughs> no, that's good for, for people to know. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's huge, because when it comes to the gaming world, of course, James being on the gaming show i mean the big thing is that you know when these things happen with games i know james you being on the gaming show you gotta let the people know about this stuff that's your format that's the way that you do this thing there's gonna be a a full review of that particular crossover coming up soon i love that um along with how the uh the original force unleashed and force unleashed 2 work on there oh uh, yes my issues with that series of games no, that's a, such an important conversation to have. Because mm-hmm. I know I've talked to a bunch of people about Force Unleashed, and they're kind of in the middle about it. So, no, it's good that you're doing that, man. And, you know, the one thing I really want to talk about is, of course, I brought up the name Darth Bane when we were chilling and eating and uh, chillaxing for a little bit. And for me specifically, Darth Bane is such a cool character. Of course, he, sh- of course he shows up in the Yoda arc in, in Clone Wars, and we see him used, I guess you could say, in canon because Filoni put him in there. And it was the whole uh, journey that Yoda went on to truly right. see what the Force and the Sith and where the balance truly lied. And right. for him to show up in that format has is an encouragement. Of course, James, recently in Solo, a Star Wars story, you know, screw spoilers at this point, you've got the warning. Um, obviously, there, he has a Sith holocron. He has a Sith holocron <laughs> in, the, um, in, in, I believe it was a visual dictionary. Yeah. They canonized Exar Kun, yes. which means that arguably the the most influential, if not the most powerful Sith Lord of all time, um, is, is now an actual thing, which means historically, they're going to have to bring back a lot more canon. And I'd be interested to see if they end up... Uh, keeping it with Darth Bane being the one who institutes the rule of two Correct. and who, who scales down the conflicts that the, uh, that the Sith Empire are having, realizing that the, the Sith Empire is going to continue to rise and fall and ultimately never really get to the point where uh, Sidious is in charge of it if they continue with the infighting and backstabbing. And- and I mean, to be honest, th- that makes sense. That just makes sense. If you're going to bring Exar Kun back into the picture, in Solo, which already brings back a lot of stuff... And also points in certain directions, of course, including Darth Maul in it. There's a Sith Lord right there, or somebody who was once a Sith Lord but never truly found yeah. his way. He was manipulated by Darth Sidious so far to the point of believing to yep. be a Sith. That we're at the point where these things that get brought up into the canon, Exar Kun's a great example. If you're going to bring them back, you're going to have to take aspects of these other Sith Lords and bring them into the picture because Exar Kun didn't act alone. 
there were other people. There are other people that worked alongside (coughs) Exar Kun and people that he influenced as well, all stemming back to Darth Bane and the rule of two. That is so important. Exar Kun Kun goes to Yavin 4. He finds Freedon Nad Sith Ghost. He learns the secret of immortality and the secret of putting yourself to become a Sith Ghost as opposed to a Jedi Ghost and then destroys the Sith spirit that, that Freedon Nad had become. Right. Which means that they're probably going to have to canonize Freedon Freedon Nad. Yes. And one thing that I've noticed after Solo especially is Solo was, in addition to being a great movie, it was a lot of fan fluff. They yes. threw in a lot yes. of things there for the fans. They threw in a lot of things there that people have been complaining about that they didn't want to see, which is why I don't understand, first of all, you fuck nuggets on the goddamn internet, <laughs> yeah. who are sitting there and being told about it and being like, oh, it's not a real Star Wars movie, it should have been called Chewbacca, the Star Wars story, regardless of the fact that Chewie was the main character of that movie, and regardless of the fact that Donnie Glover did Billy D. Williams almost as well as Billy D. Williams does Billy D. Williams, yeah, sure. it was a very good and a very well-put-together movie, and it's one of those things that they can use as a stepping stone for a lot of things, and the things that they hid in that movie... Yeah have huge implications across the universe. And one of the big fan outcries has been more Old Republic stuff. Yes. More stuff from the days of the Sith Empire. More de- more stuff from the days of the Galactic Civil War. Not the Galactic Civil War, sorry. That's what, that's a new hope. Um, you know what I'm talking about. The Sith Wars and the, yeah, the uh, Mandalorian Jedi Sith Wars. Yeah, the Mandalorian yeah. Wars, the Dark Force Wars, and um, the, uh, the Rakatan Infinite Empire. Yes, correct. And if we go back in, into delving into that, they have so much more content that they can open up. They can actually make an expanded Star Wars universe that remains canon until the end of time. Yes. And the more that they draw on Legends for that, yeah, the, the better is. off that they're going to be. This Like Legends, Legends is the old <laughs> legacy. That's the stuff that happens that they're kind of getting into now and rewriting with the new movies. So it, it, it'll be really cool if they started drawing on that, drawing on the fan base and drawing on the, uh, the, the concepts that people are already familiar with and want to see come back. People are sitting around and they're complaining about everything. And like you said, James, it's enough is enough. Like, listen, it's great that you can, number one, share your opinion across social media. But a lot of you out there, like James says, have been doing it the wrong way. And you're hurting people and you're putting people off. So how about you get on there and you start sharing stuff like what we're talking about right now. What do you want to see from Star Wars? Rather than complaining about it, let's offer some freaking constructive criticism. And say, let's bring these people into canon. Lucasfilm. This is something that we want to see. It's this whole complaining factor that just gets involved. And it's like, be productive citizens. And like you said, James, Solo A Star Wars Story does a lot of different things. Listen, it's probably, in my mind, I gave it a high rating, but it's not one of my favorite Star Wars films of all time. It's a great go-to film for fun and for the, of course, the fluff. Yeah. As a Star Wars fan, you need the fluff sometimes. And that's the thing. It is a fun film. It's not a serious film. It's full No. I laughed harder at Solo than I have at any Star Wars movie, period. And the humor wasn't over the top. It wasn't, you know, one of those things where it's the humor detracts from the movie itself and makes it not feel like a Star Wars movie, like those stupid battle droids in that Roger Roger crap. The first <laughs> episode one... Jim battle, will agree with you. Right. Episode one... This is for you, Jim. Episode one, the battle droids were okay. They were just yeah. Roger Roger and then move on. That's cool. They got a little bit of a personality, but it doesn't really... F- Makes sense because the Nemoidians have the personality of a stick in the first place, so it doesn't yeah, really right. matter. It's now there are two of them, and um, <laughs> the fact that in episodes two, three, and the Clone Wars series, each individual battle droid is shown to have a unique personality, and yeah. that was done purely for comic relief. Because in the grand scheme of things, if you have a droid army, a droid army is built for one purpose only: it yeah. is to kill. It's supposed to be a mindless mechanical killing machine. 
and you can't have a droid going like, uh, mm, uh, mm, that doesn't compute, uh, mm, uh, hey, guess what, those papers aren't valid. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're bisected by a goddamn lightsaber, because guess what, Mace Windu uses my pod, nobody cares. And it's, 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 it's true. Dumb. So Solo was not like that. Solo no. was, you know, it was the snarky backwater drifter. It's exactly what you would expect if you put Woody Harrelson into a Star Wars yes. movie. And that's exactly what happened. Except for half the humor didn't come from him. It just came from him-like sources. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was great because sometimes he was the one who kind of quietly put forth some humor. Yeah. But there was a lot of things that a lot of these people in, in Solo... <coughs> I mean, I think that we all sit back and we look at it. You know, James, you've seen it, what, once so far? Twice now. You've seen it twice. I've seen it twice now. Third viewing is on the way. And it's like, I just want to go in and have fun with it. And I think that when we're talking about canonizing these Sith Lords, and when we're talking about bringing them into the forefront. To be honest with you, a Solo-like format on a much darker level, I'd be fine with. Let's give some humor to it, because guess what? Sith Lords, in a way, are important entities to the Star Wars universe, because without mm -hmm. them, you don't have the other side of the story. That's kind of like a blatantly obvious statement, but it makes sense, because we focus so hard on the Jedi throughout all three trilogies here. I think there does need to be a turn at Lucasfilm. Let's feature the dark side a little more, whether that's Jon Favreau, whether that's the Game of Thrones directors, which I think would be the perfect people to do something with Darth Bane and the Sith Lords. Yeah, but see, then in the first season, you end up having Luke Skywalker get his head chopped off, and then the best character is gone for the rest of the series. <laughs> you for killing Ned Stark. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, listen, listen. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about that. Was that. Good. But that, that was perfectly placed. Uh, no, it's, we can edit that bit out. <laughs> No, the best part about all this is that these Sith Lords could easily be introduced throughout the Star Wars universe in different formats. If we want to get the right director behind it, number one, don't complain about it, folks. Just just wait it out and see what happens. Because I think, number one, James, and I say this all the time, Dave Filoni has got his hands in every single sandbox here going forward. I don't see Ryan Johnson's trilogy or um, John Favreau's project or whatever the Game of Thrones directors are doing Right. with what they're doing, without Dave Filoni having his hands in the sandbox. Absolutely. And he is the right guy to have handle all this, because again, he's the one who canonized Darth Bane in the Clone yep. Wars series, and did it in a way that people kind of sat, sat back and they heard Yoda go, Darth Bane. And it was like, whoa, holy crap. Yoda said it, it canon. No, that's just it. Yep. He made that journey and he was able to face Darth Bane in the trials and be able to do that. If That's the kind of person we want mm -hmm. behind our Star Wars. That's the kind of person that we want moving these these canonized stories forward. I can't say it enough. Listen, we love Kathleen Kennedy. We love what she's doing at Lucasfilm. And Christian Harloff recently made the comment on uh, Collider Jedi Council along the lines of, you know what, maybe she's not hitting all the marks. But it's no reason to hate on her because she's the one who went with George Lucas when the product was sold to Disney and knew exactly everything about Star Wars. And she has the right people working behind her. Absolutely. So don't put the blame on the top until you understand who's working below her first. Absolutely. And get to know those people first. I think they've got something up their sleeve, James. They I don't know to. what it is. And, and and honestly, the way that I, I can see this going, especially with the advent of the new Sith Order and the Knights of Ren and yeah. the new Dark Side Power coming to light, they are moving the Star Wars universe towards a much darker, much more dark side dependent series yeah. and um i think that with that with the advent of this uh this sith lord who is now uh, 
canonically speaking... And, and from what the books are saying, though, I have yet to see any real indication of this power. As powerful as, if not more powerful than Darth Vader, yeah. they're gonna have to give a little bit of a background on Lord Snoke and on yeah. the Knights of Ren and on Kylo Ren himself and, by default, the entire Sith Order. So we're going to have to start building backwards from Snoke and before Snoke's Sidious and before Sidious Plagueis and before Plagueis. Who the f*** knows? <laughs> Plagueis was old as hell. I really think we're going to see a little bit more of a focus on the dark side. And I think we're going to see before it gets lighter, it's going to get darker. Yeah. And like you were saying with the Solo movie, that, that humor that they're throwing into the Solo movie is the perfect counterpoint for what was, quite frankly... A pretty dark movie. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. With um, and and this is this we're gonna go a little bit more into spoil. It's the liberation of Kessel. Yes, liberation of Kessel. That was a brutal scene. <laughs> that was terrible. You had tunnel fighting. You had L three get shot the f <laughs> up and then die. You had Lando Calrissian <laughs> bawling on his goddamn knees and him getting and shot in the arm. Right. And then you had well, yeah. And then I took an arrow to the knee. And then you had um, <laughs> right. Then you had the Wookies who who they freed. Who go and fight and die against these these mining guards? The the, uh, the um, help me out here. Kessel mining guards. No, no. Who are the dudes who run the place? Oh, um. Starts with a P. Oh, uh, Pikes. Pikes. Yes, the Pikes Syndicate. That one. Those guys. I was going with Pridwin, but that's the <laughs> airship from Fallout Four. Um, <laughs> no, the, with the with the Pikes Syndicate and and the fact that and I'm not even mentioning that dude, we finally get to see the Pikes Syndicate in a live action movie. Like, oh I know. my god. What's next? Shizor? Like, I'm cool with that, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's make that happen. Then bring in Shizor, leave Dash Rendar the f*** out of it. Yes. Um, but I just, I, I, it's, it's just so much darker, and it's, it's just so much more gritty, and you're starting to see the underbelly of, and, and I take it back, I always make this, uh, this, uh, this comparison, is Cassian Andor in the first five minutes of Rogue One murdering Person. another ro rebel agent in cold blood because he can't move fast enough. Yeah. The rebels were terrorists. Yes, essentially. Right, they were terrorists, and now they're doing terrorist-type things, and we're starting to see that the kind of sunshine and rainbows overview of, of Jedi goodness and, and everything else that we saw... Right, between episodes one and, and six, it isn't. It's it's exactly that. It's the sunshine and rainbows. It's the fluff. It's the it's the stuff that they put on top to make you feel good about watching Star Wars. And now we're getting the backstory, and I don't think that some of the fans can handle that. No, they can't. That is such a good point. That is such a good point, and you're the first one that I have actually heard say that, James, amongst a lot of podcasters and amongst a lot of people on social media. It's whether the fans can handle this stuff or not. If you can't handle it. And I talked to Ken Knapsack about this recently on Talking Far, Far Away. If you can't handle it, go read the books. Go just read the comics. Absolutely. There's so many different forms of canon that you can enjoy. Make the legends. Caden, Caden Stetler. I almost said your middle name, dude. I'm sorry. Caden Stetler of Rebel Cause, Rebel Chatter Podcast, always says, the legends were my canon for the longest time. Make them so. Make it so. Make it so. Huh. That's actually good, because I'm, I'm actually on season three of a seven-season rewatch of Next Generation. Are you? So, oh, yeah, dude. Make it so. Engage. Ahead, Mr. Crusher. Um, <laughs> this is my craft. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on on the fact that... Or I agree. I'm sorry, Caden. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, Legends was my canon for a very long time, and yeah. I've mentioned it several times before. Where I got started was Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Yes. Which was an absolutely fantastically well-written book, and it was a typical 1980s sci-fi novel in that it was it was cliche, but it was Star Wars, and it was quintessentially Star Wars, and it gave a little bit of a look into that darker side of the universe, 
and with the books, you had the Sea Ruby, who literally yes. took people's souls out of their body and turned them into droids. You had the you had the uh, the Yuuzhan Vong, who everybody knows the Yuuzhan Vong. Those guys were objectively terrifying. They were like the Zerg of the uh, of the Star Wars universe, the mm. Tyranids of the Star Wars universe, the Orcs of the Star Wars universe. No, not the Orcs. They're you too don't smart think so? The orcs. Absolutely not, dude. Uh, I don't know. No, the Orcs. Are, I... Whoa, go! Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one's for chopping and this one's for slashing. No, the Yuuzhan Vong. The Yuuzhan Vong were intelligent. If you look at if you look that's at true. The, the intelligence. And I'll do, I'll do a quick comparison here. The Tyranids. Are a, an extragalactic bio uh, biomechanical entity who absorb the genetic structure of the uh, of the races that they conquer and and float in between the stars in these gigantic living ships. The Yuuzhan Vong are this extragalactic entity that process and destroy and re-terraform every planet they find and they they encounter while floating through the universe on these extragalactic biomechanically engineered ships. And it's exactly what they are, and they are objectively aside from Ewoks, the most terrifying thing in the Star Wars universe. And it's just, I, I think that they're, they're starting to gear us towards things like that. Or we're starting to see that the Star Wars universe is so much bigger than Hoth or Yavin or Bespin yeah. or, 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 or Endor and all these main planets that we got. We're starting to see some truly fantastic places. Um, what were uh, the rebel base that they when they hit out with the speeders and all that crap what was that planet's name oh the crate yes crate we're starting to see crate we're starting to say everybody hates it and i hate it too canto bite we're starting yeah, yeah canto bite <laughs> canto bite but still, <laughs> still visually stunning no place in star wars but visually stunning and and we're starting to see these these truly unique worlds and we're starting to get more of a variety than your classic to use a star trek term m-class planet that has a breathable atmosphere that humans can sit on and all that fun stuff and i'm really what i like to see is them get us a, cu- a closer view. We got the underbelly of Corellia. Give us uh, Nal Hutta. Give us Nar Shaddaa. Yeah. Give us give us the Black Sun Empire. Give us the seedy underbelly of the Star Wars universe. Show us how it came to be. Show us how it stemmed from the Sith Wars and all these people war profiteering off of these massive conflicts who have no other source of income now. Yeah, Some of the right. huts that are alive now, Jabba the Hutt, he was around for the end of the Sith Wars. That guy's that's like right. six, seven hundred, eight hundred years old. You know what happened, yeah. And we have, uh, what was her name? Lady Valerian, who's, she's Jabba the Hutt. She's a whippet. Whippets are incredibly long-lived. These guys, these, these characters that have been, been there and seen the universe develop need their storylines told now. Yeah, it's true. It's true. As much as people would shake their finger and say, uh-uh, at a Jabba the Hutt story. To be honest with you, if you can pull off Solo, I, and listen, no matter what the f***ing <laughs> box office says, I don't, they made $20 million off of this film of recently in terms of the box office numbers. $20 million, all right? They made their $1.4 billion at the end of The Last Jedi. $20 million in the bank is nothing to shake your finger at nope. because it's something that they're able to profit off of. That's $20 million that can now go towards another film in their budget. Like, that's that the thing. That brings up the point. Yes, the critics will point out and, 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 and the pretentious fanboys will point out that Solo is the first Star Wars movie to lose money ever. And... And we're not counting the original Star Wars movie when it first came out before it became a, a genre revolutionizing franchise. Um, <laughs> right, right. Which, I know, that's my catchphrase. Genre revolutionizing franchise. Ugh. And that is not due in part to the fact that it was bad acting, not due in part to the fact that it was bad directing, because quite frankly, Ron Howard created his own masterpiece with Star Wars. Yes. It's due entirely to the critical content and the social media content. And the fact that none of these critics and none of the social media is taking an objective 
view of all of this. It's true. And if we're taking an objective view of this, and I've said it time and time again, I did not enjoy The Last Jedi the first time I saw it. I gave it a four and a half out of ten. Yeah, I was in and there I when he like, said it. I was like, that was bullshit. <laughs> I went home and I was angry, and then I went back a couple days later and I saw it again, and it grew on me a little bit. And, and the thing that these negative Nancys need to throw out there is that you're not looking at this mind-bending, genre-revolutionizing thing. Now, you're looking at something that's a, that's a continuation and, and, and an evolution now of something great. Yes. And it continues to be something great, not to a greater or lesser extent even, but a different extent. Things change. Times change. Trying to keep up with the fact that it's no longer the 1970s and the 1980s and the 1990s and the early 2000s. We're in 2018. We are almost in 2020. We're almost at the point where the humans first made contact with the Vulcans. Like, we're, we're starting to live in that sci-fi world. So we've got these massive universes with with Warhammer and Fallout and all that. Star Wars is a fairly compressed and compact universe. Compared to yes, yes, it spans an entire galaxy. Yes, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there that was canon that isn't anymore. But I see why they did that now. Is they're recompressing the universe and rebuilding it as something bigger, something better, something more. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Exactly why we're here having these conversations, guys. That's what Make the Jump is all about. That's what the network is all about. It's about having these conversations and having them hopefully not necessarily convince you but give you a different perspective on what's actually happening right now and whether that's the inclusion of Sith Lords, whether that's getting rid of these <laughs> fanboys' opinions. And, and listen, we're not there to change them, but we're here to offer the alternative as James misses a butt into the area over there. I'm a terrible person. I work here. I'll pick it up later. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's that simple. It's... It's just a format for you guys to really listen in on it. And I think if we are to include Sith Lords, I think Solo is such a great starting point because it's not the stuff that we necessarily saw on screen. It's the stuff that Pablo Hidalgo gave us off the screen. The little bits and pieces of information that sometimes fanboys don't even look at. Right. They don't even look into it. And that can hurt your opinion. And if you spend the time, James, you and I, being very highly researchable people, you know, you can look us up on social media. You Learn it, if you will. <laughs> We spend a lot of our time going through these guidebooks, going through old canon, going through new canon, keeping up with a lot of this stuff. And the important thing is, is that sometimes you have to educate yourself on this universe to be able to understand where they're going with it. That's why I went to Wyndham McConnick, got the education <laughs> there, boy. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I just recently graduated from college. I love the feeling, but you know what? It doesn't stop my learning. You have. It happens with everybody. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter whether you just graduated high school, whether you just got your GED. It doesn't matter. Just go out and get yourself educated in this field of Star Wars. If you're a true fan, you'll find a different way of looking at the canon and enjoying certain aspects of the Star Wars universe. We're not saying you have to, but I think in the direction that we're going with Star Wars, it doesn't hurt once in a while to pick up a book and read it. Not at all. And if you can't read a book, then you probably need to go back and educate yourself some more. Um, if Audible too, but uh, there's Audible too, but you know most of these kids these days all hopped up and Adderall can't listen. Um, <laughs> it's true. I, I say that as I have a prescription for 30 milligram Adderall three times a day at home, so that probably should help, but doesn't. Um, that won't be edited out. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we we got a little bit off of 
the original topic that we wanted to talk about. And, and I'll actually pose this question to you, Rob, because I want to yeah. hear what you have to say about it. Yeah. Where would you like to see Darth Bane fall into the canon, and what do you think the implications of that are? I think Darth Bane makes the most sense in the new canon alongside Rey. I think it makes a lot of sense right now, because what did Rey walk out with from Octu? She walked out with Jedi text. They never were burned. And Yoda knew that. Yep. Yoda knew that she took those books. That's why Yoda had that little tiddly yeah. giggle when he got burned. <laughs> exactly. The place right to the ground. It was like, ah, hey, Luke, you think you know what's in there, but you don't. Squiddly flam. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big piece, man, is that she's holding texts there. Are all of them Jedi texts? I don't think so. I think on Octu at the time, when you think about the establishment of the first Jedi Order, there were those on that island that split off and became the foundations of the Sith. Absolutely. I can guarantee you in one of those books there is the foundation of the Sith of, is the foundation of the Sith itself. Absolutely. And if she opens up that text, how great would it be if that book suddenly opens up and all of these Sith lords start speaking to her? And she's and this is the real connection to, between what Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, is facing, what who knows what Snoke exposed him to, and what Rey is now becoming more noticeable. Judging more by noticed Snoke's face. Um, yeah, most likely something along those darker lines. But I'm just saying, the canon side of that yep. points to let's do it now in this while it's ending so that we can continue to push it out in other formats after. Absolutely. And I would, I think it'd be awesome to have Ray open up one of these books, like some big tome that's bound in like human skin or some oh, like that. That'd be crazy. And she, she just Dungeons and Dragons the fuck out of it. She, she gets this book <laughs> yeah. and she opens it up and all of a sudden the spirit of Exar Khan or Freedon Nad just appears over her shoulder and starts whispering dark side teachings into her ears. Oh. And we're going to see like this, this struggle, this internal struggle with Ray. Where she starts thinking, hey, maybe Kylo Ren and Snoke were right. Yeah. Maybe Luke was wrong. Luke's not here to teach me anymore. What am I going to do? She's got nobody to teach her. There are other Jedi Masters still alive in the galaxy, canonically speaking, as we already know. Yeah. How's she going to find them? We don't even know where they are. Yeah. Canon hasn't even specified where they are. I, I would very much like to see Darth Bane come into fruition, not necessarily as a Sith ghost, but I think that it would be very important to go back and do some kind of either movie or TV series or Color of Magic style TV movie in a couple of parts that shows the ending of the Sith Wars, the creation of the Rule of Two, and Darth Bane coming into his own as and setting literally setting into motion the events that allowed Darth Sidious to come to power. Mm. And um, and putting the Sith as much more of the, uh, the Shadow Empire that, that we... Were, were kind of raised on. Yeah. And we, we know that the Sith and the Jedi were, were two gigantic warring factions. We know that they graduated from, you know, metal-bladed swords imbued with force energy to uh, to lightsabers. and With that, backpacks. Well, yeah, lightsabers with backpacks. And then in the lightsabers, as we know them today, <laughs> once they figured out how to focus kyber crystals, actually, that's once they, once they founded the Academy on Hillam, I believe, is when that happened. Mm. Which we still have no uh, no confirmation if uh, Starkiller Base was actually built out of Ilum. No. Which, if if that be the case, they just destroyed a ton of Jedi knowledge by blowing up. Um, yeah. You know, assuming that Kylo Ren had, I mean, that's actually an interesting thought that just popped into my head now. Assuming that Kylo Ren and Lord Snoke hadn't already stumbled across that while creating Starkiller Base and somehow utilized that and yeah. uh, maybe yeah. bastardized the teachings. For Kylo Ren, it may have been. So who knows? I, I really think that that the the scope 
of the trauma that the galaxy went through prior to the Galactic Civil War uh, has been greatly underplayed. And yes. we're thinking about, you know, we had the Clone Wars, which were this massive war of attrition that spanned the entire galaxy. And then we have the Galactic Civil War, which is essentially Vietnam, where you have a group of guerrilla yes. fighters who are going up in a, against an objectively larger, stronger, better funded, and better equipped army. Neither of those really captured the, the atrocities that were committed in the galaxy during during the Sith Wars mm. and during the Mandalorian Wars, um, where you yeah. had you know the populations of entire planets drained of their life to make one Sith Lord immortal, and I, that was Nihilus, I believe Nihilus, it was. Yes. And um, I, I would love to see a movie involving Revan and Malak and Nihilus and, and Treya and all these old Republic era Sith Lords, incredibly powerful and entities in the force and going going up against the the you know the the equivalent jedi masters of the time i understand that he went to the dark side at one point but quinlan boss and uh, and and people like that dark disciples yeah. right the dark disciples and seeing you know seeing yoda in his younger state founding the gigantic floating jedi academy that eventually crashed on dathomir and led to the advent of the discovery of the night sisters who initially yoda had allied with to get himself the off that planet that's right and, and maybe we'll see the the dichotomy there and I, I would very much enjoy seeing a little bit more background on on the characters that we know and love yeah so and i think I mean, it makes a lot of sense going <laughs> forward that we do start getting a little bit more backstory do i want to see yoda's high school years getting beat up being shoved in lockers probably not i but, would uh, <laughs> <laughs> frank oz returning to do that that'd be <laughs> and frank if you're hearing us out we want to see yoda's high school stories so might be interesting. <laughs> kissing girls. Yoda, under the teenager years. <laughs> Yoda kissing girls underneath the high school football stadium risers. Yoda and Yaddle, a Star Wars romance. <laughs> <laughs> that is fascinating. Full I didn't of, even think about that. Full of weird tridactyl sex and shit. Wow. Um, that, is, that is off on a completely different by, by the way, tridactyl <laughs> is not a reference to Yoda's species, which still does remain canonically unnamed. It's that just is. the fact that he has three fingers and three toes. I was trying to sound smart. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's so important that, well, there's a bug on James and slightly attacking him underneath his inside of his shirt. But the important thing from this conversation is that there is so many different possibilities in the Star Wars universe. And there's a lot of chances for Star Wars fans to truly get their opinions out there in, a, in, in an appropriate way. If you want to see something happen, ask for it. If you want to see it happen, ask for it the right way, which is to be positive about it and... Just get your opinions out there that are not as negative as maybe you had put them out initially. That actually leads me to a point that, that I would that I would like to make. Use this as the um, closing because I right, love this. As, as, as Kelly Marie Tran, um, yes, was and and we all know what's going on with that with with her social media uh, debacle with uh, a couple of people who uh, who wanted to sit there and and make extremely negative, hurtful, threatening comments. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put a message out there to to everybody who who calls himself a true fan of Star Wars. Yes, if you spent a good deal of your time and money and, uh, and and your effort putting it into something that is supposed to be something that brings people together. And simply because you played a character that was slightly less than popular with the fanboy base, you end up being threatened and, and, uh, and, and pushed off of social media almost completely. I don't think that you'd feel overly great about that. I mean, it, it's uh, the actors who work on these things 
yes, they get paid more money than most of us will ever see in our lifetimes. But they get paid that because of the amount of money that these movies make. And the fact that these the, the actors um, and, and the screenwriters and, and the directors and, and everybody from the, the lead act down to the down to the second gaffer, they work incredibly long hours. You get up and especially for some of these Star Wars characters, you spend six hours just getting your makeup put on at the beginning of the day to maybe sit down and film for an hour and a half, two hours, and then have to take all that <laughs> off, go home, shower, and be up three hours later for your next for your next shoot. So the advent of the negativity that we're seeing here is frankly disheartening to me. And beyond any issues I have with the movies or the canon, that is the biggest thing that has kind of led me away from the Star Wars fan base lately and led me to formulate my own opinions, which is a good, a good amount of the reason I go social media blackout before any major you know, film or TV release for at least a couple of weeks. A message of positivity is something that we take very seriously here at the podcast. Um, we've, we've said it, Rebel Chatter said it, Starbucks said it, everybody said it, is unity is community. And with us coming together and working together, uh, even though we're separate entities, we are allies. And that should extend to the rest of the fan base as well. So on behalf of Brick City Blockade Podcast Network, I would like to... Uh, I would absolutely like to see uh, a lot of you guys come over and just drop us a line on the Facebook page. Just say, hey, what's up? Nine times out of ten, one of us will respond to you. You know, it's a, we'd like the personal contact. If you feel the same way that we do and you feel like you want to be a part of a positive Star Wars community, regardless of what your opinion is, someplace that your opinion will be heard, accepted, debated, and, and agreed upon by at least one person within the group. And I say this, Jim, you hate the prequels. Some of us love the prequels. Jim, I love you, but I hate your opinion on the prequels, except for episode one. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Too. And it's just, as, as long as we can get a group of, of positive people together, we can start making a difference, more of a difference than we already had. And uh, I think that that is something that the fandom is sorely lacking, and that is something that we are aiming to provide now. Let's keep it simple. It's plug time here at the network. Plug time. Where can good people find you across social media? You can find media? me on Facebook at James Brown. You can find me at uh, that radio. Sorry, voiceoveracting1212 at gmail.com now is a way you can easily look me up on Facebook. Although I may still have my profile set to private, so I'm not 100% certain. So if you can't find me there, find me at I'm not really him 6 on Twitter. Um, and I did figure out how to tweet finally. And yeah. I also now have an Instagram. Hold on one second. What is my Instagram? <laughs> Thank you for that musical bit there, Robin. That was terrible. As the 4G out here decides that it wants it back to Instagram. Uh, who am I? <laughs> James is asking who he is. Ah, voiceover acting 1212. Um, you can find me on Instagram there, too. I don't have a whole lot of crap up, but that's going to change soon, uh, especially with some of the events that we're doing. And, uh... You can usually find me uh, either drinking or at work, so. That's uh, not a bad schedule to nope, have. No, not at all. I love it, I love it. You guys know my <laughs> feel, so get used to it. Uh, Robin Vote uh, on Facebook. Make sure to check me out over there. Head on over to Twitter. Check out the Brick City Blockade over at Brick City Blockade on Instagram and at Twitter at Brick City SWPC. Go to the website, www.brickcityblockade.com. Head on over to TeePublic. Pick up our Unity is Community t-shirt if that vibe hits you right. And also, please make sure to check us out across iTunes, subscribe, rate, and comment, and on iHeartRadio. Thank you, iHeartRadio, for hosting the podcast network. It's going to be a great relationship going Agreed. forward. And you guys can listen to that on Android and iPhone, no matter where you are, or no matter what system you're in, in a galaxy far, far away. Thank you guys so much for listening to Make the Jump, the new Make the Jump here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. And as we always say, may the force be with you. 